0: Today, I have a proud University of Georgia grad that was blessed by the Lord with an amazing talent, which is music. His talents, as you can tell by me playing, have led to his first signing with his first record deal with Black River Entertainment back in 2014. His debut single, Tonight Tonight, was featured on NFL's Thursday Night Football on CBS, and it also entered the top 40 on Country Airplay. King co-wrote Randy Hausler's single, We went with Justin Wilson, Matt Rogers. The song reached number one on Media Base and Billboard Country Airplay charts. It also scored him his first ASCAP Songwriter Award in 2016. His music journey has only continued and grown from here. His most recent release always will be blasts every morning in my truck, on my way down to work. It's in the house. Even my teen daughter says, wow, dad, he's really awesome. Why is he talking to you? Thank you so much, Mac. John King, welcome to the Where's Willie podcast. Dude, thanks for having me. Best intro ever.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, so look, um, you know, as, as you and I kind of talked online and just getting to know you, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, since we've gone with the podcast, you're talking to all these different guys, you know, NFL people, you know, C-suite executives, music people, they must live on an island and, and they're not dealing with a pandemic. Will you please... uh You know, validate for me that, no, it is affecting uh, even celebrities and music artists as well.
1: Oh, yeah, man. We're all dealing with it. I mean, this has been the first year since I was probably, uh, I don't know, 15 years old that I haven't played live shows. I mean, every summer we've been out on the road touring uh, 48 states, uh, meeting so many people and seeing all kinds of different parts of the country. And this has been the first year I've just had a summer off with my girls, which, you know, I won't complain. That's been great to catch up with them. And I know we'll talk about that, but, uh, you know, I love being a dad and that's been really fun. We honestly needed a break, but um, yeah, I mean, I really do when you're a performer, man, there's just kind of a bug that gets in you and you, uh, you, I feel like, I don't know. It's like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know. I need to be out there performing, but um, it's actually, we were talking about this before the podcast, but. It's been cool because it's, it's kind of pushed us out of our comfort zone and uh, forced us to come up with new ways to create, um, to release music, uh, to put on concerts. I mean, I would have never known until 2020 that so many fans uh, were interested in virtual concerts and, uh, and you know, social media has just grown exponentially for us this year because we've been forced to put all our efforts in there. That's the only way we can stay connected with people and our fans. So there's definitely been some good that's come out of it for us professionally. Obviously, I'd never wish a pandemic to you know make us have to grow and uh, and step out of our comfort zone. But I think we got to just take the good with the bad. And um, yeah, but we're really excited for 2021 because we got high hopes that we're going to be able to get back out there and do some shows.
0: You know, so now that we know that you're human, um, and now <laughs> you can you know really just kind of give you know some testaments along your own journey. So so. You everybody has their own life's journey, right? And for you, obviously, you know, when I discovered you on social media, I, I actually found you on uh, Facebook and then Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I said to my daughter, I says, Hey, you know, am I outdated? Cause a lot of times I go to her for my fashion advice and then same with the music. And I'll say, Hey, you know, is, is this guy like legit? Like, I think he's incredible. She's like, no dad, like this time you're actually right. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Rock. So I know that like, you know, since we started getting all your music, um, and and all the you know my my son and daughter know it. Um, to be able to reach out to you and see like the human side, like you're an amazing person. You know, you're a son, yes, you're a husband, and I, I, everything that I see, you love being a dad more than anything. So before we get into that, now, if you would just for everybody, where did your life's journey begin? Where did you grow up, um, school wise? When at what point did you realize, hey, you know what, God did give me a talent and And if you would just kind of start out where where home was for you growing up.
1: Yeah, man, I grew up in a tiny little mountain town, uh, northeast Georgia, uh, which is about uh, an hour northeast of Athens, uh, two hours north of Atlanta. Um, And it's gorgeous there, beautiful part of the world. Um, And honestly, it's funny when you tour around the country and see all these different places. It's funny how beautiful home is. When you go home, you never realize it growing up. You know, you don't know how good you have it. Um, But you know, one of the upsides and the downsides of it is a very quiet little town. I mean, it's in the mountains. There's not a whole lot to do there. Um, shoot, I think we got a Walmart when I was 12 years old and that was like <laughs> the biggest thing that had ever happened. People were like, Oh my God, everybody's just, living <laughs> Walmart. I couldn't believe it. Um, but you know, there wasn't much to do, play sports and, uh, and music. You know, my mom played piano in our church choir. Um, we grew up in a tiny little church and, um, I think after so much uh, begging from my grandma and my mom to get up on stage and sing, you know, a Sunday morning hymn, I got up there nervous as could be with butterflies in my stomach and did it and had people coming up to me saying like, you're good. Like you can actually sing. (laughs) And I was like, thanks. Like, you know, it was fun. It was recognition and um, it was something I was good at. And so I got a guitar, you know, my mom and dad saved up, got me, a little guitar when I was about 14 and I just started playing like crazy, trying to learn songs. And I loved that. I was hearing on the radio, I would sit down just by ear and try to figure out like what chords those were. And, and I was also really into the lyrics, you know, and I think that's what kind of drew me to country music. Uh, my dad grew up loving rock and I loved rock. I mean, anything from Metallica to ACDC to okay. Leonard Skinner, Uh And then my mom loved singer songwriters. She loved James Taylor uh she loved uh johnny cash you know waylon jennings so there was like this cool fusion of those two worlds and i really just fell in love with songs though i thought man how cool would it be to take my own melodies and write my own lyrics and my own chords that go in these songs so i did i mean i started make up stupid songs about my buddies you know when we were in middle school and it would get a laugh around a campfire or something you know um and then it kind of grew into like we'd have these little garage bands and I'd write, I'd come in with like this song I wrote and, you know, we'd all be standing around, could barely play three chords uh, and could barely like had cheap PA equipment and yeah, right. just sounded horrible. But um, we were cutting our teeth, you know, and, and just getting in there, we'd play for hours, you know, uh, my little brother played drums. I really wanted to play drums, but he turned out to be better than me. So I had to play guitar and sing. I was like, well, now I'm stuck. Um, so we had these little garage bands, started getting better. And, uh, you know, one day we're out there playing like a Metallica song and my mom walks out and she's like, somebody has to sing because I'm tired of hearing instrumental in <laughs> Sandman for the 17th time today. <laughs> right. So, um, I just stepped up the mic and, and I did it really because nobody else, you know, would. And I got better and better. You know, I got my songs got a little better. We started winning battle of bands. We started playing county fairs and church picnics or anything that would have us, you know, and getting in front of people and building up a little following, you know, in our hometown in the Northeast. And that kind of made me think like when I got out of, you know, high school, I really want to go somewhere to a town that has like a music scene and a presence where I can develop and grow. You know, I told my mom, I promised my mom I'd go to college. You know, it's like I a part of me thought like I could just go straight up to Nashville, you know, and go for it now. But I knew I still had a little developing to do for sure. Um, And I'm thankful I did. But um, Athens, Georgia, to me, had always been a cool music town. It was close to home. It was a state college because I know I couldn't afford to go to a Belmont or something like that. You know, My, my mom was a teacher. My dad was a factory worker. So. Um, Yeah, I got good grades, got into state school at University of Georgia. And um, it was killer, man, because we had uh, it's a great school. It was a great atmosphere. And then Athens is a great music town. I mean, you're talking about the B-52s, the Indigo Girls, um, REM, uh, even like the Black Crows. And then into country like Zac Brown Band, Luke Bryan. So many acts had kind of cut their teeth in Athens um, and built followings there first before they went on to do big things. So to me that was like really appealing. And uh, I got there and just kind of hit it full speed, man. I was I was in school, I was studying, but you know, every night I was going downtown, checking out some band, meeting somebody, networking. And before we knew it, we had a really good band there. Um, and that's kind of when it shifted to like, okay, this is serious. Like this is a career. Like I can make a career of this. We started selling tickets, you know, we started selling out little clubs and Uh, you know, the songs were getting better. We made like a little EP that we could sell on the road and people liked it. And it just, it started to grow and, um, it gave me confidence, you know, as a songwriter, as a singer performer. And, uh, and I knew when I graduated that I had to go to Nashville. Like that was always my goal. Um, obviously for country music, it's the place to be as a songwriter. It's the place to be. There's so much talent here. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I graduated Georgia came up to Nashville. And, um, I mean, that was kind of like next chapter in the book, you know? I mean, that was, that was like when the real work started, you know, you kind of think like, okay, like I'm I'm here, like, this is it. Like now I'm ready. Like, let's do this thing. But that's like when the journey really started. Um, and it took me man, a couple of years to really get any traction. And when I got to this town, I was so blown away and kind of overwhelmed by the amount of talent that it forced me to get better it forced me to step up and write better songs than i could really write and sing better than i really sing and perform better so um it it was a really cool challenge and uh it's been great up here so far man we've been here six years now and uh it's yeah i mean it's still a challenge every day you know but um i'm very grateful that uh i found some early believers that believed in me and my music and fans you know we started making fans and Um, To me, the fans have always and always will be the most important thing in my career. Um, They're the reason I'm here. And I look up to those acts like Garth Brooks and Taylor Swift that treat their fans like royalty. Like to me, that's um, that's what we're supposed to do, you know, as artists.
0: You know, and I want to, you know, ask you, too, because a lot of people, you know, they wonder. And again, you know, my background, you know, playing Division One football, you know, when you're growing up, from the athletic standpoint, you go to the camps to get seen, right? So right. Coach Kirby, he's going to be at all the camps, and you know that's how you get seen. People ask all the time, you know, hey, if you want to be an actor, why do you have to go to L.A.? If you want to be a musician or in country, you got to go to Nashville. Is it because the it's the agents that you want that to see you, or is it the producers, or is it getting into the record studio? Like, why do you? Why does it benefit somebody that's chasing the same dream as you? Maybe one of our listeners. Why going there physically, you, you, you got to do it. Who is it you're looking to connect with as, you know, an artist or a songwriter?
1: Well, I mean, there are, you know, to me, there are other ways. I mean, you, there are artists who will build followings in Texas or Georgia all the time. And then maybe the record labels come to them. It's just a lot. Uh, those are a lot more few and far between. I think it is because the labels are all here. Okay. All the A&R here. All the agents, all the songwriters, all the other artists. So when you get here, you kind of form a network and you become part of this, uh, you know, community. And it really is. Nashville is like a community. Country music really is. I mean, you kind of pull for each other. I don't think it's that way in every industry. I think a lot of industry can be a little more cutthroat and um, even even other genres of music. But country, there's this cool camaraderie where we all kind of pull for each other and you become like a family. Um, and I wanted to be a part of that. You know, I really did. Um, and it's, it's great. Cause some of these people I've met here, my agents, producers, songwriters, other artists or friends, you know, for life. Um, but to me, I think it's about getting here and establishing a footprint and getting a buzz, you know, around town about people talking. And that's kind of how I got my first deal. Um, every night you're playing out, you could be playing for, you Garth Brooks or whoever could be sitting right there, you know, front row at the Bluebird and you never know. So there's just such an energy here. And I think more than anything, it makes you better because you have to step up to that challenge of being as good as the talent around you and better. So for me, you know, I think if I would have stayed in Georgia, you know, if I'm looking through the scope of uh, you know, Haversham County and the amount of competition there is for me there, it's just completely different than here. So. Uh, But yeah, to answer your question, I think getting to Nashville or any town where you're going to be presented with the most adversity that can make you as good as you possibly can, I I think that's a great way to go.
0: Now, two years ago, was it two years ago? Luke Bryan opened his restaurant and uh, I got lucky. I was up in uh, Jason Aldean's rooftop of his restaurant and uh, Luke played a live concert right on Broadway. Um, and it was, it was packed. Um, and, you know, to your point, when every time I go to Nashville, it's like every door along that, that Boulevard, you're, I mean, it's, it's amazing music. So with all of those spots, is there a place for you where you have a favorite venue that you love to perform as you were moving up before, you know, 2014, when you, when you uh, first signed?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's one that is very nostalgic to me because it's kind of where it all started. I, I used to play this little club right across from the Opry, uh, okay. and it, it's called Puckets. It's still there. It's it's kind of like a restaurant bar, you know, very um, like right in the slapdab middle of Broadway, and it's always crazy busy. You know, you got tourists coming in and out. Everybody's coming in. So I used to play there on Wednesday nights, and that was like my gig. You know, Wednesday night, I'd pass the tip bucket. Live okay. off the thing, man, you know, living off the tip bucket. And one night I'm in there playing. Uh, I've been playing like three hours. It was a long gig. It's just me and acoustic guitar. People are eating and drinking. And, and it's probably getting to be 10, 30 or 11 on a Wednesday night. It's starting to kind of clear out, you know, it's a school night, work night. And wow. um, I see this guy sitting in the back of the bar. He's been there all night and he's really into the music. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I kind of like – I'm trying to – it's so dark I couldn't make out exactly who he was. Well, I'm getting toward the end of the set, and he walks up to the tip bucket. And as he gets right to the tip bucket, I see him drop a $100 bill, which is awesome. But then what's even more awesome, it was a Randy Hauser. Randy Hauser okay. drops 100 bucks in the tip bucket. I didn't have a record deal. I didn't know anybody yet. Like, I wasn't – you know, hadn't had any songs, no publishing deal. Um but he liked what he heard, you know, and dropped a hundred bucks. But I'm in the middle of a song, so I can't stop and be like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> take
0: right.
1: it to the record label. Um, so that was kind of that. It was a cool story to tell my buddies. But fast forward a couple of years, uh, we're writing. Me and Matt and Justin are writing in this room. And we get done with the song. And we're like, man, this would be a great Randy Hauser song. And by some miracle, one of us sent it to his team. Someone heard it and played it for Randy, which is, I mean, a one in a bazillion chance that that happens as many good songs are written in this town. Um, and it became our first number one, you know, he, he, uh, believed in it enough to put on the radio. Uh, and when we were backstage at the number one party, I was telling him this story about him dropping a tip in the bucket. And, uh, he was kind of laughing. He was like, man, are you sure it was a hundred bucks? Yeah, it was a hundred bucks. He's like, He's like, I must've had too much to drink that night. I thought it was a 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's awesome. So so you've been on this journey, you overcome adversity, you know, you make it, you've got, you know, great things happening. And like I said, I mean, you are a tremendous talent. And I think the only thing that's kind of slowed down has just been the world with this pandemic. So if you would, you know, last year, you know, and, and I don't, and I'm not going to get into politics whenever it physically, you know, it, it got here, March, April, you know, at, at what point did, um, did you really see, Hey, you know, things are really changing here. Was it, you know, I know your best friends, your wife, um, but you know, some of your other friends too, in the music business, like you said, your fraternity of, you know, making the calls like, Hey, I just got canceled. Did you, and at what point did you kind of realize like this pandemic is kind of going to affect you guys, you know, being able to perform.
1: Well, I mean, luckily we have I have a really good team around me. Uh, My manager manages Blake Shelton and uh, Kelly Clarkson, and he knew, you know, I guess through the grapevine pretty soon. I mean, around February we were getting kind of whispers of like, man, like this is going to be a real thing. Um, We're looking at possibly not having any concerts for the whole year, and it's like, man, so you know, we kind of had a little bit of an insight to that, and we're prepared for it. I mean, I knew that okay, well, if that happens, then I'll come up with other ways to get my music out for fans, uh, whether it's virtual concerts or social media or awesome partnerships, you know, like this I and mean, the cruiser that, uh, expose the music to a fan base. So, um, it was difficult. It was, uh, you know, it was something that we knew was going to have to be done. And like I say, in hindsight, you know, would we have wished that? No, but Uh, We've definitely done our best to take the good with the bad and grow this year.
0: And I know, too, that, you know, with the pandemic, you know, even at home, it's easy to eat potato chips. You can't go to the gym. You can't work out, you know, to stay focused on, you know, what what the goal is that you're chasing. You know, professionally, it's working out with music. It's writing. Now, you and I had talked offline. Now, you're not stopping, right? You're you're using this time to write and be in studio, being safe. And, you know, kind of what's your regiment right now? Um, is it just, you know, getting pen to paper and, and and getting out more songs right now?
1: Yeah, it's been a mixture of that and, and recording, getting as much content as we can possibly get ready for 2021. Uh, next year, we're going to put out an insane amount of music. Like, it's going to be more than I've ever put out. Um, Yeah, so we're really excited to get a lot of new music out. And this was the great year to do it because we were able to write, to record, to get everything prepared, to kind of develop a plan. Um, And we put out music this year, too, that that did really well for us. So, yeah, I mean, it's just been growing and continuing to grow the fan base and just become uh, more diversified in what we do. Like touring is awesome. And I love touring. Like I miss it. I love being on stage. Like there's no greater feeling than that. But it's pretty cool to know that like, hey, like we're in an industry where we can grow and adapt and there's different ways to do things just like any industry, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's been a cool learning experience.
0: And just to keep your mind right, too. I mean, obviously, with, of course, being safe, have you been able to, you know, take some time away and just, you know, either go with your family, which is your wife and your daughters or, you know, go see your parents? Have you had some time to go and do that safely and just kind of get away for a little bit and...
1: Yeah, man. I mean, this, I mean, like I said, we have not had a summer off. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know when the last time was, you know, I worked construction jobs when I was a kid, you know, growing up and in and, and high school I worked every summer and then we were touring every summer. So I told my wife, I was like, this might be like my only, this is my only summer off, definitely in my adult life, but maybe of like, you know, since I was 10 or 12 years old and um, we've taken advantage of it. We've gone camping, we've done a ton of camping, You know, when we partner with Cruiser, great team. We've done this cool campfire session series that um, has been really fun, man. And and fans have enjoyed it because, you know, they don't always get to see inside my world and who I am and like what my interests are and who my family is. And I think this year has opened my door up to them more personally than I ever have and shown them like, hey, like I'm just a normal guy. I'm a dad, you know, I'm a husband. Uh, I'm an outdoorsman, you know. I'm a, uh, I'm a son, you know. I have my parents on some of these, so it's it's been really fun, man, for me and for fans, I think, to, uh to do something a little different this year. And yeah, we've taken advantage of it and had some fun.
0: That's awesome. So if we look to then the future, and like you said, of course we're going into a fog, but we're we're positive. We've got vaccines coming. Um, you know, should we get back to the ability to, you know, for me to bring my kids to come see you on stage, uh, going into next year, then a lot of live music, there's going to be some shows again, pending this whole pandemic, but there are going to be some virtual events, right?
1: For sure, man. Yeah. We're planning a lot, uh, you know, first quarter of 2021, um, we're going to be doing more campfire sessions next year on the road, uh, shooting a lot more of those um, with, some, with our awesome partners, you know, like Cruiser and Line-X and Toyota. So be on the lookout for those. But then we're also going to do some ticketed uh, live performances virtually. So those are fun too because they're a little more intimate. You know, you're talking 50 or 100 fans, you know, all together at once. And um, they're really cool because I get to actually communicate with everybody and like see everybody face-to-face. So we plan to do a lot of those in 2021.
0: All right. So my next big question is you got to give me five. If there are five dream venues that you have not yet played, for example, Red Rocks or somewhere, can you name three to five venues where you're like, man, if we can't do it next year, it would be like a check the box for me.
1: Man, um, you just named number one for me. Red Rocks <laughs> is the one. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. That's yeah. like a bucket list. And I've seen it. You know, I've, I've never seen a show there, but when we were traveling through Colorado, I saw, we stopped and checked it out. And it was just like, man, I can't even, oh, that's going to be so cool to get there. I feel it. it. I feel like it's getting close. So, yeah, Red yeah. Rocks, number one for me. Number two, I've always wanted to, um, you know, I'm from Georgia. So, being a hometown boy, like, I've always, like, it's a dream of mine to pack out Sanford Stadium, dude. Bulldog Stadium, one time uh, would be so much fun. I know Luke did it a few years back um, with Aldean, but that would be killer. Um, Three would be, it starts getting harder because, I mean, there's so many great ones. There's a great one out in LA um, that I've never played. And I'm trying to, I can't remember the name of it for some reason off the top of my head. It's not the Alamo, but uh, what's it called? Oh man. Okay. There's one in LA. Okay. Number three. Uh, I'm blanking on it. Number four would be, Gillette stadium would be sick. We actually played, we opened for rascal flats and Sheryl crow, um, at Gillette stadium in probably 2016. And, but it was outside the stadium, kind of like a big parking lot kickoff party. Um, but then we got to stay and check out the show inside. I thought, you know, my goal is to be in there headlining this thing one day. So that would be killer. Um, number five, honestly, I've always wanted to do a USO tour, man. That I know that's not really a venue, but um, as far as like a performance goes, I think that would be a really fun thing to do for our troops and just to be able to get out there and see what they're doing and, and their lives and what they go through every day. Um, and we've never played outside the country, so that would be a cool excuse to be able to hop on a, a plane or a chopper and get out there and play a bass.
0: John, I have to give you one big strike, uh, because my girlfriend is from Boston. So of course, when she hears this interview, she's gonna say, Yeah, Boston. <laughs> um, so all right. So if you know, and I know you got to get running. So I kind of want to round out with this. If people want more information and to become a little fanboy like I have, um, where, where can they check out all your music and everything that you have going on, including all the events?
1: so um if you go check out john king country j-o-h-n-k-i-n-g country.com we've got tour schedule merch music links everything there uh if you're on socials it's always at john king country instagram facebook twitter TikTok, everything and then spotify apple if you guys are listening anywhere digitally if you search john king we come up on all those and um however you consume music uh and honestly <laughs> I've been doing this for the last few years and I love it. Fans, they can text me. Like, I love texting. It's really me. It's not a service. It's not a 1 800 line or something. Um, the number is 706 949 3181. Text me. I love that because when we're, you know, in a town where somebody's, uh, you know, 30 minutes away, like, I can text you guys and be like, hey, like, we're coming through Madison, Wisconsin. We'll see you tonight. It's a really yeah. cool way to communicate. And I love that 2020, like, we have the technology to be able to communicate one-on-one with fans. Right. It's a really cool thing. I mean, I think as artists, our fans are the reason we're here. So, like, let's make them feel like they're special because they are. And I love hearing from mine. So, always feel free to text me.
0: John, you are an amazing artist, and you're an even better human being. it <laughs> a kind of pleasure, honestly, uh, yeah, getting sure, to know man. you, following you on your journey. Um, I'm real excited about your future, and I wish nothing but the best for your beautiful wife, uh, your daughter, your mom and dad, and everybody back home. So thank you so much for your time and and, uh, Mm -hmm. sharing your story. We will all be looking and rooting for you going into 2021.
1: God bless, man. Thank you guys so much. Merry Christmas.